Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. On today's podcast, we pull from our training camp series back from last summer and focus on some some specific topics. Today, we're going to focus on fundamentals and techniques and how these coaches get those into their practices and get guys ready for the season. With practice time, having some limitations this fall, we want to be efficient with what we do and really focused on the things that are going to get our team ready for this season. And that's the insight we gained from our conversations from last summer with these coaches. So first we hear from special teams coordinator now at Arkansas, Scott Fountain, on the technique time and individual time they use to prepare their special teams. Coach, when you look at um, you know the different skills and, and techniques that you need to teach on your different units, I think uh, an important thing is just like you said, you have coaches to do that. And I think back to the days I played. You know, special teams part of practice was get out there and run the full eleven on eleven uh, unit on on you know reps of punt or kickoff or what it might have you know, whatever it might have been and. Um, you know, even to early in my coaching career, and then fortunately had the opportunity to sit down with some good guys and, and learn how to teach the different skills and the, the individual techniques. So when you're looking at, you know, breaking down things in camp and practice, how much time do you guys spend on the individual parts, the individual uh, skills of those units? Yeah, we definitely spend a lot of time on that. Now, what we do as far as teaching, I just think it's so important to use words. And to, so don't don't describe, for an example, if you're telling a guy on punt return to, if you're describing something and you say, okay, I want you to go attack him, I want you to shoot your hands, I want you to do, and you get into a long paragraph, it gets, a kid's going to tune you out after three words. So we try to break everything down. So for an example, on, on punt return for us, we use the term, there is a start, there's a battle, and there's a finish. There's only three things to punt return, start, battle, and finish. Now, that never changes for us on punt return. What is a start? That's at the line of scrimmage. And then there's, there's, there's a couple of things we give them with the start, and then we get into the battle. There's two tools that we give them in battle. And then finish, there's three tools we give them to finish with. So it's, I think it's real important to ingrain that in their head. So if I'm in a meeting with a player, I can say, what are your two tools of punt, punt, uh, punt return? You know, and, 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 and the punt ret- when I say that, I, I, so I, go, I, I go more like this. And in, uh, in the battle part of punt return, you have two tools. What are they? Well, I want to hear them say steel rod and tricep push. Those are the two tools. They never change. And, I, and after a while, not, not instantly when meetings start, but, you know, you get into camp, you want them guys just spitting it out to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, I worked for Gene Chiswick several years ago at Auburn and at Iowa State. We worked together at Central Florida, but he was a defensive guy, and he, he used to I used to listen to him always talk about we've got to come up with simple words that make sense to kids, not to us, but to kids. So that's kind of what I've tried to build with, with our special teams. Uh, in terms of um, – I know you, you had um, – I got to remember what else you had uh, had mentioned in your question, but uh, anyway, that that's as far as the teaching that that's a big part of it. And then you mentioned about individual, so individual right. drill work. So 
what we try to do in season, which I think is really important, is for us, every Monday is a is a day where on special teams we do drill work only. So it's kind of unusual, but every Monday we're going to have – we are going to devote anywhere from – uh, t- typically about 20 to 24 minutes of special teams drill work that day. So we're going to go out and we have punt drills. So we're going to have uh, coverage drills. We're going to we'll um, we'll work uh, some phases of coverage drill in, in battle and in finish. We'll go to kickoff coverage. We have certain drills there that we hit KOR and punt return. And the beauty of it is. The first day you introduce those drills, it's the first Monday, it's a little bit, you know, sogged down a little bit where it's not perfect. But, man, by week two, week three, they know exactly what to do every Monday. I can even put a schedule up there and they can run through it. So we'll just do it. We're really focusing on the intimate details of drill work every Monday. Now, the rest of the week, it's all about game plan. What are we doing? So I think that really helps us. And then the last part of that, I think it's huge that we do in camp only and we're doing spring ball is we're going to spend about every third day, it's going to be a competitive day on team. So if I get two periods that, that practice, so I may do punt in one period and I'll come back my next period and I'll do a competitive drill. So what I mean by uh, competitive is I'm going to work a punt and a punt return drill against each other in space. And I may have, you know, four lines going or three lines going or whatnot, but I'm working a part of that phase. So for punt, I may be in the phase where I have them in the battle going down the field with punt return. He's working the battle and the finish. So just try to incorporate those, those three ways, you know, so verbiage, is number one, you know, and that, that's an all season. You got to figure it out, change what you're changing, but make it make sense. May, maybe use words that are catchy for for young kids. So verbiage, and then we're gonna do that individual drill work that we learn in camp every Monday through the entire season, and then we're gonna finish up by doing, um, you know, do, doing our competitives in, in spring and August. Who wants who's gonna compete when it's hot and it's tough and it's tired? So we may go through a whole scrimmage at the stadium. And then at the end of practice, we're going to do a competitive period for our, for our football team. Coach, with uh, especially the punt return, um, you know, after that guy makes the catch, it really, when you watch the, the really good ones, it's, it's going to be in those first few steps and, and that they happen quickly after making that catch, right? Because you've got somebody coming right now, uh, probably a couple guys, multiple angles. Um, what kind of things do you work to, I guess, simulate that? Because it's easy to put a guy back there with a jug machine or a punter and, and catch and catch and catch, but then to catch and start to get that explosion and making that those moves right away, becoming a weapon right away, how do you train that in or what certain things are you coaching up there? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, when you catch balls in practice, uh, you like for them to catch a live ball and not a jug ball. You really like to catch them off the punter's foot. But we're also going to take a couple of scout players or my extra punt returners if you don't have a lot of extra players on your team, and we're going to have them run around the punt returner when he's coming to catch the ball. So if I have scout guys, I would typically give them a hand shield and have them try to kind of hit him on his legs, hit him on his back, and make them catch the ball without interfering with the catch of the ball. 
So anything to do to distract the punt returner. Um, the the other thing we'll do is, you know, those live punts, if we're covering, uh, you know, I try to try to work as much coverage as I can with the punt unit going down and covering the punt. I'm actually fielding it and returning it versus a live coverage punt. Now, we're not going to tackle them a lot, but some days we will. But most days, it's going to be more of a tag off. But at least we're getting that field around them, the feeling the pressure, and you know, ma- making decisions. So, I think anything you can do to create a chaotic environment when they're catching the ball. So I gave you one example. Another example would, and I'm not a big fan of this drill, but we do it some. Is you sit there and you you put white towels under each armpit and have them catch balls. There's just something there to irritate him. And or sit down and have them catch four or five, six balls in a row so you can just hold them all together. But, I, again, I'm not a huge fan of that. The one I, I really use a lot here is him catching the ball and three scouts around him hitting him with the bag all over his body, just not interfering with the catch of the ball. Tackling technique is of utmost importance for any defense. And Coach Ty Nix, who now is the defensive coordinator at the University of Texas, San Antonio, talked to us exactly about that. Just a reminder before we get into his segment to check out all we do with our technique at footballdevelopment.com. We have our advanced tackling system there as well as our free shoulder tackle system and our contact system for blocking and defeating blocks. I think you'll find a lot of stuff there that will help you this season, especially in times where you have to limit some contact. Check that out again at footballdevelopment.com. Let's listen in to what Coach Nix had to tell us. I know more and more we've really focused on the technique of the tackle and a way to to help um, you know, take some of the risk out of it, right? We don't want guys leaving their feet. Uh, we want guys, you know, especially in practice, staying on their feet. Uh, are there any particular drills that, that you work in the tackling or coaching points you make in the tackle to, that, you know, again, keeps, keeps the leverage of their hips behind them? Because as soon as you launch your body, you lose all that power, and, and certainly a, a, a big running back or even receiver is going to be able to shed you. So, what are some of the techniques or coaching points you focus on in that regard? Well, we teach several different tackle, tackle uh, techniques. Some uh, are more profile tackles where we're facing the, the ball carrier up, uh, possibly in an A-gap, B-gap type situation. And then we have a lot of different angle tackles where we're pinning the hip, their leg, their shoulder, or uh, whether it's the road tackle. So obviously tackling has different forms and different techniques uh, depending on which one you're using on that particular play. The key coaching point, and I overemphasize the key coaching point on every tackle that we teach our kids is see what you hit. As long as you keep your eyes and your head up, basically your neck bowed back, you should always have a chance to prevent not only injury to yourself, but to the ball carrier as well. And, you know, as we get ready to start fall camp in the next couple of days and before we put on the pads, we will do a team demonstration. Uh, Coach Luca picked myself or one of the other defensive coaches, and we will teach the proper tackling technique and the things that we want to see every time we make a tackle. And the most important aspect of that is seeing what you hit. You know, where guys create issues is when they drop their head and when they lead with the crown of the helmet or things of that nature. So as long as you you have your eyes up and you're seeing the target, 
uh, injury, injury should be at a very minimum. You know, of course, in this game, all things are possible, but we feel like that's the, the most safest way of teaching any type of tackle that we will use in a ball game. We talked to Eric Mealy, who is now the running backs coach at Mississippi State, about the technique time that they use to practice all the things that their running backs are going to do in the air raid offense. High school offenses, the tailback is usually one of the better athletes, and you're going to find multiple ways to get him involved, and he's going to have to do a lot of things, whether that's running the ball, blocking, or pass catching, and Coach addresses exactly how they handle those things, as well as talks to us a little bit about how they develop vision for their running backs. Coach, in uh, the air raid offense, the running back position essentially has to be what, what people would call uh, you know, an every down back, right? Because of the, the manner in which you guys are going to attack a defense, uh, you're not going to be subbing guys in and out all the time situationally. You want to be able, those guys to be able to run the ball, pass protect, and certainly um, be able to, to get out and be receivers in this too. As you look at, uh, you know, you mentioned a little bit being ducking out and, and getting some work, individual work while other things are going on. But uh, what's the the way you divide things up and how much are you working on each of those phases of, of what you guys need to do? Right. So you have your, you know, your core drills um, and just a big, you know, kind of those big three we just talked about, footwork, pass protection, and uh, obviously as a receiver out of the backfield. So, you know, on a day-to-day, we start off in pre-practice and guys are out there on a tennis ball machine um, just getting catches with their hands, working hand-eye, but, you know, you know, working that uh, receiving aspect of it. And we go into uh, some pre-practice stuff, run checks, working your run footwork, um, kind of a three-quarter speed, uh, making sure our guys are, uh, you know, landmarks are right, they're, you know, they're hugging the rail, they're cutting back if they have to, that type of thing. And then they get into some blitz stuff, you know, so again, they're back in the pass protection. So really before practice even starts, we just hit one of each and you know, we hit a receiving aspect, a footwork for the run game. And then uh, we're right into a pass protection uh, uh, deal. So those three things right before practice starts and then, then we get into it. So um, on a Tuesday practice and a, and a Wednesday practice, you know, if you broke it down, we're kind of going into the season, but really during camp, we just kind of rotate one day to the next, you know, one day is a red zone goal line day. One day is a third down day. But for, for our purposes, um, one day in Indy, we'll make sure we get our footwork in um, and some pass pro. And then the next day we'll get some footwork in and then our, uh, some more receiving stuff, which a lot of that happens organically, just the nature of, uh, of what we do and some of the, some of the other team group periods that we have. But uh, yeah, just make sure there's a balance and distribution. So it's just kind of a rotation um, really, uh, every other day, making sure that we're getting, you know, footwork's kind of a daily maintenance item. And then, uh, you know, one day is pass pro, one day is more, a little more receiving aspect. Coach, when you uh, work on some of your skills for these guys as, as running backs, as the ball carriers, um, especially the vision aspect of it, what kinds of things are you doing, uh, whether that be in the classroom, walkthrough, on the field, and drills to help train these guys to be confident in what they're seeing so they could play fast and, and be able to hit those running lanes uh, aggressively. Yeah. And that's, and that's, we kind of lay out too, even in the run game, it's, uh, you know, we don't want any negative plays. We want all positive plays. We want these guys falling forward all the time. We want them to run behind their pads and we want them getting downhill, you know, so all of our footwork, whether it be a, uh, you know, an interior trap play an inside zone, uh, you know, uh, the pin and pull play, 
the footwork's going to look the exact same in all of these. I mean, they're just kind of uh, – they're lateral, their shoulders are square of the line of scrimmage, and then they're getting downhill. And they're really they're just, they're just trusting their eyes at that point. And we'll give them an initial landmark um, to look at. But as soon as that thing gets cloudy – you know they'll start they'll start either banging a run back or they're just, they're just going to take it where they uh, take it where they see it. But you know the biggest thing is uh, you know, is playing fast. You know it's playing fast and getting downhill. So we'll watch the, the cutups. You know watch the cutups before we go out to practice of you know the good runs and 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 some bad ones just to make sure they know what the difference looks like the two. When you go out there in pre-practice, the same type of thing. We're working that that same footwork over and over again. It's a lot of reps, a lot of, a lot of you know constant just. Uh, um, same thing over and over again, just to get that ingrained into them. So it's second nature, you know, four days of something, you know, becomes a habit. So, you know, like, like the thing, four days in the camp, these guys footwork isn't really a, an issue anymore as far as getting lined up and um, the mesh point with the quarterback and any of that stuff. So um, do that in pre-practice. And then, you know, the added elements are, uh, you know, the, some of the drill work would be, you know, with, with a jump cut and then a burst and then, uh, you know, a finishing move on, on, on coach, you know, that type of thing. So, we always have something like that incorporated. We actually do it in post-practice as well. Um, and the whole team, um, skill-wise, uh, this has become like a, uh, a standard for us where there's a circuit. Um, we do a sideline drill where guys are working on kind of leaning back into the field of play um, and then cutting back on the last defender, you know, safety coming high over the top type of thing, you know, hard stick with your outside foot, you know, back to the middle of the field and try and go score. So that's, you know, kind of one of the drills. We have a you know tuck turn and a straight up field drill, just kind of catch a soft pass, and then trying to split defenders, what we'll bad guys on either side, and uh, kind of rotate through some of those drills post practice again, just to keep on working the footwork, the vision, see it over and over again, make sure those guys have great pad level, make sure that they're uh, you know they're dying hard and not kind of running out of bounds. They're trying to fight for extra yards and get and get touchdowns and um, great ball security too. Obviously, with all of this stuff. If you are a quarterback coach, you know that that group has to work with a lot of positions on the field and that's exactly what we talked to coach Craig Stutzman about who is now the co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for Washington State. Coach Stutzman talks to us about how they're going to get all their work done and prepare their players to be fundamentally sound in their offense. Swinging things over a little bit more to the technical side coach uh, I know mm-hmm. as a quarterback coach uh, you're always working with different groups and sometimes you have to create and look for the opportunities during practice, before practice, after practice to maybe work on the fundamentals a little bit with your quarterbacks, their throwing mechanics, their footwork, right. those kinds of things. How are you uh, developing uh, your guys fundamentally, uh, especially as camp begins? Right. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's tough, especially at the division one level. You, you're not allowed to work with those guys with football in the off season, you know, so physically you're a little bit uh, limited and you have to rely on, you know, possibly or not possibly a lot of times, right. Your quarterback in college, they have that, that quarterback coach that they have on the side, whether it's their high school coach or somebody that they work with. Um, so creating a good relationship with the guys that they work with in the off season and, um, and those guys are great too. They'll say, Hey coach, you know, what does Cole need to work on or what does Chevin need to work on and being able to just let them know, Hey, you know, they got to work on this. They got to work on that. And those guys are very receptive and they start working on that stuff with those guys. And you see them coming back to camp and, and a lot of times it's cleaned up. You know, I think uh, before we even talk about fundamentals, it's really in the recruiting process. You know, we try to look for things that we feel are non-negotiables that would be hard to really 
coach up in the season or in this fall camp, you know, so big things for us is finding guys that are, they're accurate guys that throw with anticipation guys that are a little bit fluid, but more twitchy than anything that have some kind of mobility. You know, I always say, I want a guy that's more Muhammad Ali than George Foreman in the pocket throwing the football as a quarterback. Uh, so those are some things that we, we look for. And then either talking about developmental in, I would say in camp, we spend a lot of our time or our, our, let's say quarterback individual time just comes during the special team uh, indie period, their special teams periods, because uh, when we have our indie period, we spend that whole time with the receivers throwing routes versus air. So, you know, we got to spend that special teams, grab that time and really work on things. And the things that we work on in Kent is, well, I should say our drills that specifically uh, translate to their reads and our half row and footwork. So we probably spend about 75% of the time, you know, working in the pocket. Um, say we have some kind of specific, say the go route, we're going to work on that, the fundamentals of the go route and how we're going to move defenders with their eyes or how we're going to identify a man versus zone or where the ball, uh, uh, how are we going to shuffle set on a break back and all those sort of things. So um, a lot of it has to do with getting their eyes right Um you know, making those throws, but also identifying and and reading, if you will, and using techniques uh, to beat defenders. Um, so it kind of just plays off of the concepts that we're installing. I would say uh, the other things that we do too is every morning we'll go out there for a warm up. Uh, I like to integrate um, our half roll warm up with you know whether we do. A quick three foot work, a tempo three foot work, or we're getting backside and just working those different type of feel and developing that and also warming up the rotator cuff as we're kind of doing it. And, and it really came from watching, um, I think it's Adam Dudo work with Marcus Mariota here a couple of summers ago uh, about the warm up being something that's that, that they do in football. You know, it's not just like, arm circles for 10 seconds and then it's you know uh i don't know what what else do we do karaoke's or whatever it is it's actually using you know drill work where we're actually taking drops and then as we're cooling off you know we may take drops for say uh 25 seconds and all of a sudden we're walking back across the field and then we're doing some kind of rotator cuff warm up and then boom we're going to go work the other side of our drops and then we're going to walk back and we're going to do rotator cuff warm-ups and so developing uh some kind of routine in the morning has been great for us because we do practice at 7 a.m and getting those guys the whole body you know warmed up and their minds ready to go that's been good um you know we also do a lot of things with our rpos so identifying um we use a lot of cans. So like trash cans, flip them upside down for one of the periods myself and one of the GAs will play defensive, whether it's, uh, you know, linebackers or force defenders. And we're going to line up there and just making sure that the quarterbacks are identifying the right guys uh, who we're reading. Um, if there's certain pressures, that's going to make us kind of change what we're going to do with our RPOs or our protections, um, you know, making those necessary changes and doing it in a, game like real tight setting so it's not you know seeing the front identifying your guy on the back end 
taking your sweet time and you're getting 30 seconds to do this. No, we're trying to do this all within about eight to 10 seconds, you know, and making it a game like uh, time and situation and giving those looks. So a lot of, a lot of the, I would say preseason camp drills is just making sure those guys understand the concepts, the schematics, uh, making sure their eyes are right and getting their feet right uh, to get going. Once preseason camp kind of shuts down, and then we get into the season, you know, we're always going to have, we have a routine. So it's morning, we're going to do the warm up, and then we have two special teams period. The first special teams period has to do with, um, you know, whether it's pocket mobility or RPO throws or scrambles, sprints, and keepers, um, you know, all these different types of drills. We're going to pick one per day, and it kind of progresses through the week. We pick one per day. And then the second indie period is more of a mental thing. So it's either we're doing versus the cans, kind of getting our eyes right with our protections and our RPOs. It could be corrections off of some things that maybe happened early on in the practices that we weren't just comfortable with or they had questions with and just kind of review. Uh, We'll also do some scramble drills in that period too um, sometimes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the, what we do, I guess, if that's what you're asking, yep. kind of the, the, the game plan for uh, preseason versus during the season. And then in the preseason, too, you know, a lot of the drills are really uh, install um, driven. So if, say, we're going to work on a lot of four verts and we're going to tag, you know, the nine routes on the outside and we specifically land those nine routes in press man and certain yardage, and then off man at a certain yardage, we'll put the trash cans out there. And we'll do cans. They are throwing buckets, you know, to mm-hmm. the land, uh, to the land, the, the drop zone. So um, if we're going to work a lot of back shoulder throws that day, where it's kind of a little bit shorter, that you know, seven step back shoulder throw for the, the receiver, and it's that quick three throw to the back shoulder that ha- happens at about seven and seventeen to nineteen yards. Then we'll go ahead up and set up a drill for those back shoulder throws. If we're doing a lot of keepers and you know sprint ups that day uh and that's the install for the day then we're going to do a lot of keepers and sprint ups so a lot of the things that we do drill wise in fall camp really gets driven and it mimics what the install looks like cody kennedy the offensive line coach at tulane talk to us about individual time for the green wave and how they work on all the techniques that they have to execute over the course of camp and into the season yeah, I haven't met an offensive line coach who wasn't asking for more individual time on the on the practice plan. <laughs> um, I mean, which is funny, you know, that's the group. You, you, traditionally, and, and certainly people outside the game don't understand the 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 technical ability that has to be uh, executed here. All the techniques that it is very very specific. I mean. You know, it's it's more like being surgeons than than butchers, right? Like, I mean, we yeah, think of them. 100%, right. We think of the O line as being those guys just going out and hammering people, but man, it is it is so technique heavy. So you guys are always looking for uh, more fundamental time. You're always looking for more individual time, and, and you do steal it. You're, all, I mean, fortunately, you know, you're not involved in much other than uh, you know the extra point. So just talk us through how you find that time. Uh, as as an O-line coach, and, and I guess get creative with uh, what might be available to you? Uh, I, I work with a 
phenomenal head coach. Willie Fritz does a, a spectacular job at building our culture, and, and he gives me everything I need to be successful. Uh, we have, you know, we're lucky enough to have ample time and individual. Uh, also, Coach Hall, Will Hall, our offensive coordinator, does a phenomenal job at making sure uh, I have all the time needed. So I, I have that luxury down here. Uh, you know, offensive lines are priority down here. So we, we get a lot of time to work with my guys. Uh, you know, as far as developing – you know, those fundamentals during that time uh, kind of geared into drills that focus on efficient movement of the body. How efficiently can we move? Uh, you know, we work in a phone booth, so any type of wasted movement and examples of that, you know, false steps, poor angles, uh, you know, our hands may be late, uh, the length of our step, you know, our body position after those steps. Uh, any type of mishap or what I call a hitch puts us in an ex in ex extreme disadvantage. And it happens very quickly. Uh, so with that small space we work in, uh, you know, we must be masters of, the, of moving efficiently. Uh, if we make a move that's not helping us achieve our goal, uh, then we got to ask ourselves why we're making that movement. Uh, you know, focus more on how I'm going to move to make this block and create leverage. Um, you know, and all the individuals, all my guys have individual hitches uh, that kind of make them less efficient in, in different, different blocking techniques. Uh, and I try to make sure and identify those on an individual basis, make sure those guys know. So as we're working through those drills uh, during that time, they can focus more on that, you know, whether it's where they, where they carry their hands, if they're dropping their hands, uh, if they have a long second step in the inside zone techniques, uh, different things like that. And, uh, you know, also I think I, I try to create a culture where we pick one specific skill individually or situation to get better at every day. And those guys look for it on tape. I ask them and stretch every day. Uh, hey, man, what are you getting better at? Uh, and, and they better have a clear, specific skill or situation they're getting better at. It can't just be uh, footwork or punch. I want to know what you're working, what technique you're worried about going against and how you're going to focus in on that with laser, laser focus for the day to get better at it. Uh, so I, I'm always harping on, hey, man, what are you getting better at today? One thing you're getting better at. Uh, focus a lot on, you know, the angles our body creates with our lower body uh, so we can move efficiently, uh, where our body weight's positioned, our posture. Um, I, I think a big thing also in, in all of our drills is you got to focus on your stance. Uh, we got to be in an efficient stance to put out an efficient movement. Uh, you know, there, there can't be a lot of waste in time uh, to get it started. You got to focus on it and really coach it. Uh, don't let it develop into a bad habit. Because once it's, you know, cements itself as a bad habit, it's hard to break that, uh, you know. And I, I find myself coaching stance a little bit more because if, if you don't start right, you usually can't finish right. And, uh, you know, uh, another thing as far as individual and developing those fundamentals is, you know, I, I like doing drills 100% uh, full game reps. Uh, less drills with the one step and stop. Uh, you know, I feel like you can evaluate those – first steps on a full speed rep. Uh, you know, we want our guys playing very, very fast, and every rep should involve game-like speed and explosion. That's what I'm looking for. Um, you know, some, some get-it-started drills for me or, or everyday drills for some people. Uh, I, I like to make sure we're, we're making flexibility a priority. You know, we'll get out some PVC pipes and make sure we're bending and moving and, uh, you know, moving with a low center of gravity and uh, able to really engage those hips and, and open those things up to get it started. 
some other things I've gotten into uh, individual drill-wise is a lot of unilateral single leg uh, training as far as driving off that opposite leg, uh, you know, maybe in, in, in our tight zone drive blocks or pass sets. Uh, you know, that drive-catch method that a lot of people are using uh, with Charles Bentley, uh, that, that's a lot of unilateral training uh, involved in that with the drive phase and you know, I, I've kind of adopted a little, you know, a, a lot of that into my individual drills, uh, and I think it's paid dividends with those guys learning how you move. It's one thing to take a step; it's another thing to talk about how you can move to that spot efficiently. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that's a, you got to have a mixture though of everyday drills that's your foundation, and then situational drills, and you got to mix those up and make sure you got a good mixture of them throughout practice because you don't want to lose those base fundamentals. You don't want to do it, and uh, but you also don't want to be uh, unequipped for for different situations that you're going to encounter in practice. You know whether that's a blitz or or some type of line movement. You want to have those guys ready. You don't want to put them at a disposition where they're they're in a bad spot because they haven't seen it, they haven't repped it, and uh, you you just want to make sure you you've got a good blend of those base drills and, and situational drills as well. We finish up with a segment from Nick Sheridan, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Indiana Hoosiers, and he talked to us about preparing their tight ends and how he evaluates what they're going to have to use and work in camp to prepare their guys for the season. A lot of it comes to understanding how much you're going to use something and not wasting time, and Coach Sheridan digs into that topic. Getting them to do right on the field really is, is how you're going to use your, especially your individual time to develop those fundamentals. And uh, with your group, certainly there's, there's going to be a lot of moving those guys around the field to work with some of the different position groups and, and where some of these skill sets fold in and how they have to work with, uh, you know, maybe the offensive line or work with uh, the, the, the other receivers, et cetera. Um, so first of all, let's just start from your individual time and, and how much, yep. you know, like in camp specifically, uh, time you're going to get individually and how do you focus that time? What are you um, really working on in your individual periods? Yeah, um, that that is probably the biggest challenge for all tight end coaches is because um, – a lot of the individual, not a lot, I would say a lot, some of the individual time for other position groups, for example, offensive line or defensive line or quarterbacks, some of those individual periods are taken from special teams where they're not incorporated in that, so they have extra time to practice. Tight ends, as as many other positions, they're involved in every special team. So you, And then on top of that, there are periods that are allocated to maybe be routes with the quarterback or um, you know, pods or combinations with the offensive line. So you really don't have a ton of individual time as a tight end group. And that's why I go back to some of the walkthrough settings or pre or post practice work. You really have to maximize those times to get everything taught and drilled um, because otherwise it just, it's not possible. You know, you don't have um, enough individual time. And there are a lot of coaches that would be the case. So you really have to be smart and efficient with it. I would say every offense for a tight end is going to be different. Um, this would be just big picture uh, developmental fundamentals and, and skills. I would say the most important thing is to identify what your players are going to be asked to do. I don't think that's, um, you know, earth shattering or anything new, but I do try to take time post spring, post season to go back and on every play 
make a list of the things that they were asked to do from a fundamental standpoint, whether it be a backside cutoff, whether it be a reach block, a down block, uh, a seam route, whatever the actual skill that's required, I do try to catalog that and make a list of that. And I do it by most to least frequent. So I know, okay, in, in our offense, in spring practice, this is what we did the most. And I think all position coaches, that's good to do. You know, coordinators do a great job of communicating to you on what, you know, ultimately what, what they want to run from a scheme standpoint. But, you know, when coordinators go through a full season or a full spring and they're calling plays, you really get a clearer picture about exactly what your position is going to be asked to do um, based on the coordinator you're working for. So I try to do that. I identify the fundamentals and skills for each for each play on what we're going to uh, do. I split up my drills into two types or my individual or my uh, the individual skill set in two types. You have developers. Some people would call that like everyday drills. An example of that for a tight end would be, um, you know, just base blocks or maybe top ends of a route. Okay. Those are things that regardless of the offense that you're in, those are going to be pretty constant. Okay, so the, I call those developers, or some, like I said, some people would say those are everyday drills. So those are, you know, you're rotating through your catalog of drills, but you're going to do something that every single day, whether it be blocking or pass pro or route running. And then we also have another group of, of skill set that we call these specifics. And that would be different offense to offense. It might be a tunnel screen, it might be, um, you know, a certain route or a certain um, run concept that's a little bit unique to what you do. So I try to take the skill sets, divide them into that, and then I just allocate the time based on, you know, what we do the most of and then work your way down. And, you know, as a position coach, you're trying to expose your players to what's going to happen the most in the game. And I think you can lose sight of that if you don't take the time to go back and actually watch each play. You may think you know that we do backside cutoffs all the time, but maybe you watch a, a season's worth and you really only did it twice a game. So you probably shouldn't drill it nearly as much as maybe your reach blocks or whatever it may be. So I try to stay in tune to that so that um, we can use our time the, the very best. Thanks again for tuning in. We know this is a challenging time for everybody out there and preparing for a season that is unprecedented. We want to be able to give you the best information that we have in order for you to be the most effective and efficient in doing your work as a coach. Keep tuning in throughout the preseason and into the season for great content here at USA Football.